So, well, Bachelor of Education teachers, that's who you are. Here you are, your last week at Tyndale, studying at Tyndale anyways. Do you remember your first week studying here? Most of us in this chapel probably started studying here in September, in the fall. But you started here in the beginning of the summer. In fact, you're the first cohort of education students to study through two summers, and hot ones at that. How did you do it? (laughs) And then when the school year began in September, the onslaught of lesson plans began. Lesson plans in science, in math, in language, in social studies, lesson plans in French. When will they ever end? And not just simple lesson plans, but 22 complex parts to be completed. Word perfect, curriculum expectation correct, grammar pedagogically making sense. Oh my. But here you are. All 18 courses completed and over 100, or was it 120 days of practicum teaching and schools done? You're done. Amazing. How did it happen? How did you get all those culminating assignments done? Not to speak of all the reflections you were continually asked to do. But you persevered, overcame, finished the work, and now deserve the reward of graduating and receiving your Bachelor of Education degree. Congratulations. I remember going through eight grueling months. That was many years ago. And you've done 16, twice as much. I don't know how you did it. Amazing. Well, thanks be to God. For many of you, no doubt, began your studies with a prayer to God for strength. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 1, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And God has indeed established your plans to complete this degree. Congratulations. The next part of your journey for most of you is to step into a classroom all on your own, whether as an occasional teacher with the responsibility to look after a class that doesn't know you, or a long-term occasional with time to develop your own relationships with your students, or a full-time contract teacher, or maybe working in some other informal aspect of education. Recent events have reinforced the fact that as you step out into the world of teaching, you're stepping out into an uncertain world. Many things have made us aware these past few months and years that the world is indeed uncertain. It's difficult, almost impossible to anticipate what is next, what event may set the world backward, even if some things seem to mark progress. And this uncertainty applies to everyone studying here and working here, whatever profession or service you're studying for. Yes, it may be a world of comfort and recreation for some of us, some of the time, A world of longer lifespan, more options than ever before, many ways of communicating with people, more medical drugs to help us deal with our physical infirmities, many of which has come through science, which is what I I teach. And so I don't decry that. But it's also an uncertain world, and in parts it's a dark world. A world of deceit and lack of transparency. A world of people out for themselves at others' expense. A world of violence, even in hatred and shaming and bullying, something all teachers will sooner or later find out in their classroom. Now, if we haven't suffered much in our protected life so far, there are people all around us who have, including refugees from war-torn countries with memories of the horrors of injustices they suffered, 
Many of these children will be our students. But in fact, all of us are surrounded by people who have suffered from this world's darkness. Perhaps some of us right here in this room are feeling that now. A friend recently sent me this poem that King George VI read in 1939 under the dark shadow of the impending Nazi invasion of Europe led by Hitler. Here's what this poem says. It's called The Gate of the Year. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. So I went forth and finding the hand of God, trod gladly into the night. And he led me toward the hills and the breaking of day in the lone east. My blessing to you, Bachelor of Education graduates, and to all students and staff at Tyndale, is that you have strength to go out into the darkness, into an uncertain world, with your hand firmly placed in the hand of God. And that you'll be led towards the hill of safety and the breaking of the daylight in the east, with God at your side. One story in the Bible that has always impressed me greatly was Paul's shipwreck in the huge storm in the Mediterranean. This is a story that Daniel just read earlier. The Apostle Paul was a prisoner on board a ship with 276 rough sailors and Roman soldiers. For some reason, they recorded the exact number of people on that ship just to make us realize the situation he was in. He was headed for a dark prison cell in Rome where he was destined to live out the remainder of his days. But even worse than that, the ship that Paul was on was about to flounder in the early winter storm that caught them by surprise. Now, few mortal people have suffered such extremities in a dark world as the Apostle Paul. But in the midst of the storm, when all seemed lost, Paul had his hand in the hand of God. And he heard God telling him to encourage those rough, unbelieving, pagan sailors and soldiers. So he stood up in front of them all in his prisoner clothes and said, Take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of this ship. For an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve told me that he has granted safety to all of you. And then Paul repeated, So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. And indeed it was so. The boat broke into pieces on the rocky shore of an island, and Paul and all the 276 soldiers and sailors arrived safely on the beach and warned themselves around a fire. Read it again for yourself sometime in Acts 27. Now you may remember another storm story when Jesus was in a boat with his 12 disciples on the Sea of Galilee, sleeping in the hull of the boat. A terrible wind suddenly arose, threatening to capsize them all, capsize them all. And they cried out to the sleeping Jesus, help us, master, we perish. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the wave, saying, peace, be still. Amazing story. Jesus Christ and the early Christian disciples, like the Apostle Paul, lived in a very uncertain world. Their entire culture, along with Jerusalem, their capital and religious center, was about to be destroyed by the Roman army. And beyond the global situation, they experienced dark personal moments in their lives, such as these terrifying storms. And we will experience the same in the world we're living in today. For when Jesus prayed to his Father, he knew that. But he prayed for not just the disciples, but he prayed for all of us. This amazing prayer is in John's Gospel, chapter 17. He prayed to his father and he said, I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, 
as uncertain and dark as it can be, but that you keep them from the evil. And then he said, as you have sent me into the world, as the Father sent Jesus into the world, I am sending you into the world. So we're sent into this world. The world that we're stepping out into, if we're graduating and moving into a work situation, a little bit different world, we're sent into the world. Yes, we're all sent into an uncertain world. That's our mission. But between these two requests, that we be sent into the world and that we be kept from the evil in the world, Jesus also prayed for us. And he said, Father, sanctify them in your truth. Put them aside in your truth. Your word is truth. Now, no one showed such interest and compassion in little children as Jesus. Many stories in the gospel center on his protection of children. How relevant is that to teaching school today? But no one was more concerned to speak truth into people's life than Jesus. Not only did he speak the truth, he said, I am the truth. He also said, I am the light. I am the light of the world. And then he said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So as we step into this uncertain world with our hand in the hand of God, we don't actually have to wait for a long time for that light to break in the dawn. Because Jesus can reveal himself to us, as he did to many people in the early years and to the Apostle Paul. So where did the Apostle Paul's strength and hope come from in the midst of a terrible storm on a very dark night, lost among rocks in the midst of the Mediterranean Sea? Well, there's another book, one of Paul's letters, where he gives us an insight to that. He talks about the storm and how how he almost lost his life, and yet God not only gave him his life, but everyone on board. And here's what he said, referring to the physical life, Kind of makes me smile because we study life in science curriculum in grade one, energy from the sun, in grade four, light and sound in grade 10, so all the years that we cover. So those physical things like light are a metaphor for spiritual light. And the Apostle Paul knew that and ties the two together. Here's what he says. God who commanded that light shall shine out of darkness, so he's talking about the creation of the universe, pure energy and light. God who commanded that light shall shine out of darkness, and here's what he says has shone in our hearts, in my heart, but in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, where? In the face of Jesus. God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, God who created the universe through his light, has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yes, you've achieved a lot, be ed teachers. We congratulate you. 16 challenging months, two hot summers, 18 assignment-filled courses, and over 100 days in your practicums. And you're truly ready to step into a classroom for yourself. And you'll meet many challenges in the coming years, many hard situations reflecting our uncertain and dark world. But put your hand in the hand of God and keep it there. And then as you step out into the darkness, you will see that light breaking in the east as you follow Jesus, the light of the world as he calls us to follow him. You'll be given strength and hope for the difficult situations you encounter. Strength to persevere, to serve, to care for the needy, to bring others to the academic level of success you enjoy. And strength to follow the light and to lead others to the light for the next generation. For this is the highest calling that any of us can ever aspire to. God bless.